You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Podcast. This is episode number 261 of Essentially Indian's Favorite Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I am joined by executive video producer, audio engineer, Zach Burcham, my forever co-host, Dakota Davis, and today's episode features, uh, Hunter, what's your last name? It's uh, Kirk. K-R-K. Hunter Kirk. Um, Jeremiah spent a weekend with Hunter uh, at uh, Mid-Ohio, right? Yes. The race. The most and, uh, uh, the most county uh, county park style motorsports course in all of North America. Jeremiah thought that he was too interesting to not have on the podcast, so uh, here you are, and uh, we're looking forward to it. <clears throat> we're going to be talking today about the Indy Eleven. The soccer team in Indianapolis is building a stadium. Uh, the DNR has made some changes, made some relaxed rules. Uh, basically, they're taking away some uh, rules that they had for DNR properties. And then we're going to give you a little update on the special session that we talked to Mr. Tom Saunders about. And at the very end, we're going to be telling Hunter why he should move to beautiful Henry County, Indiana, since he has the option. You'll notice that Hunter, when you when you hear him speak, uh, he sounds like he's from Western North Carolina. Sounds like all of my dad's side of the family who lives in Sparta, Tennessee. Ah, that's not too far from me. There we go. <laughs> that's just that's just south of Cookville. Yep. <laughs> this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you will always learn something new. We just did a spectacular 25 minutes in Patreon. I will give you all a word of advice. If you are a member of the Patreon uh, group, you're going to get an email tonight with the pristine audio file sent directly to you. If you try to go back and listen to it on Facebook, there's a bit of a hum. Uh, but uh, spectacularly, Zach Burcham has returned from the beach, and uh, and now the audio sounds great. But the Patreon was a uh, – we, we were fixing it on the fly. So uh, our apologies for that side, but it's going to be good. That's right. Patreon.com slash Boss Hog of Liberty. That's where you can go to support the show every month. 
That is uh, where you go to donate on a monthly basis. We appreciate those folks. They help pay the rent around here. Um, we need we need to keep pumping those numbers up. Um, inflation's kicking our butt in every way. So uh, we we need to make sure that that, uh, that account stays fat and we can keep doing this show for the long term. We just signed a three-year lease, so we're in it for the we long We are here home. for a very long time. <laughs> it is The lease is more binding than a and, contract uh, with Chip Ganassi Racing. That's right. You guys have to help us out. If you donate at $50 or more a month, then you get a shout-out at the front of every episode. Those folks are Christy Avery, Mr. Jonathan Phillips, and then, of course, our favorite over-the-road trucker, Mr. Anthony Meyer. And we wanted to give a shout-out really quick to Jonathan Phillips, who you guys have heard. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you've heard his name at the front of almost every episode. Um, his daughter was involved in a in an accident, um, had to be flown in a helicopter to the, to the hospital. So uh, say a quick prayer or uh, send out some good thoughts towards Jonathan and his family, because uh, that's scary. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. His daughter, uh, his daughter, Morgan is, uh, it's, I think she's actually, John posted an update today that she's actually getting some, some hand surgery, uh, multiple injuries. That sounds talking to talking to some folks. It sounds like she's, uh, she's trending in the right direction and things are looking good, but, uh, we love, uh, love Morgan and John. And I've, I've grown up with his, her Morgan's entire family. Her great grandfather was my 4-H leader. I've, you know, I've known the, wow. the Phillips Rothenberger and, and, uh, Kassane family for four generations. So, uh, love all of them. And it's, a uh, I incredibly thankful that, uh, they got good care and we'll, we'll yeah. pray them through this, uh, from here to there. But also on the Patreon side, patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty, or you can go to boss hog of liberty.com and click the support now button. And, uh, what you get if you sign up at Patreon, then you get access to our secret Facebook group. And that is, full of exclusive content. Uh, we'll post pictures in there. Anthony Meyer makes memes. He posts them in there. Um, so you, there's a lot more interaction in that group. Uh, we're not really that active on our Facebook page anymore because Facebook kept throttling us, but we are active in that group. So if you miss the page, then you want to sign up at Patreon. It's and a fun community. You've got some art. You started a new campaign this I week. I did, yeah. Well, uh, you know, based on last week's episode, I... Uh, now running for the official pie taster for the Henry County 4-H <laughs> fair. Um, Anthony's thing said, uh, my campaign slogan is I've eaten a lot of pie, super qualified. So yeah, that's good. And then, uh, we also post our show notes before every show. And that is so that you can follow along. We also have include the links so that you can see where we pulled the information for the stories and you can share those as well. And uh, just makes it a little bit easier. And then also sometimes we just send you gifts in the mail. Yeah, like, just random, random, random fun, unsolicited excitement. If you give your address on Patreon, that is. All right. So uh, there's a link posted by uh, Zach. There's, uh, there's some merch out there. You want T-shirts. You want hats. You want koozies. I don't know. What do we actually have out there? Coffee cups, coffee mugs. Sure. Um, in case there's you a, want a, a – There co- is a, a coffee mug that's <laughs> super cheap that we don't make any money on. And it's pretty cool. It's a color changing coffee mug. It's like six dollars, I think. Hunter, can you say color? Collar. Okay. Mount numbered tonight, Zach. Mm. It's that Sparta, Tennessee blood. <laughs> <laughs> Christy reminds us that you get t-shirts and bow ties. Throw that. Uh, throw that t-shirt that's hanging up there on the on the deer over. That uh, Zach that you've got. Toss that over and let Hunter take a look. This is uh w- this is the kind of thing that our 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 fans get. Christy Avery got one in the mail 
Uh, this was a, a shirt that uh, that oh, Zach's muted. Yeah, the, he bought those the, for us. The guy who wore these uh, after I came back from from New York in June, I brought back some uh, some Watkins get Glen swag for the guys. I'm pretty still. I'm I'm still pretty upset. I ordered uh, some Joey Joey gear about two and a half weeks ago, and it still ain't you know got delivered to my house. Takes a long time. To well, get you know, supply China. supply chain issues, man. Supply yeah. chain issues. Joey told me I'd have it in a week. I had mine in no time. I had mine mm-hmm. within a week and a half, two weeks. I had it. So upset. <sighs> Bait and switch, man. Bait and switch. That's all right. We'll have you on another time. You can wear your Joey shirt. <laughs> Let's talk about the Indy Eleven. Uh, have you? been following the Indy 11 at all are you a soccer fan jeremiah <clears throat> do i look like a soccer fan no i, I am a sports fan uh maybe yosef newgarden is and a <laughs> um <laughs> a major league sports fan kids have played youth soccer for ages and professional soccer has has gained ground indianapolis has tried to get a major league soccer program and it hasn't happened uh, what they do have is the Indy 11, which is, I think, the second or third tier down. So it's kind of like AAA baseball, but I think in, in soccer, programs can move up and down. So if you have success, you can actually move to the next level. Mm, so it's not like baseball. No, it's a, they, oh, okay. they get relegated or promoted or whatever in, inside of leagues, and they can they can move around. So this this club has been playing for about five years in Indianapolis, four or five years. And the owner of the um, of the program, er, of the of the soccer club, has been trying to get a permanent stadium ever since they came to be. All right. Their first two seasons, I believe, they, they came in and they were filling up the IEPUI soccer stadium. Very successful, filling it up. And they said, we need it. So they went to the, the, uh, the state legislature and said, hey, build us a stadium. We have. A, they proposed it. They did the whole thing. And they said, yeah, I don't think so. We're not giving soccer uh, money for a public stadium to you guys right now. So they said, okay, fine. So they went to the Capital Improvement Board in Indianapolis, and they played a couple of seasons in Lucas Oil Stadium. No matter what, it's not their fault. They're not going to fill a 65,000 square foot. Right. They're a 65,000 square, uh, 65,000 seat, seat stadium. stadium for a minor league soccer team. It's, it's way too big. Right. So they, they want to right size it, and they want a building of their own. It's really expensive to build. Right now. Um, so they want to do a 20,000 seat stadium. Uh, in essentially in between the minor league baseball stadium and Lucas Oil, right? It's and proposed with a billion dollar price tag on a public private partnership, right? And I heard that billion dollars, and I thought that was insane for just a stadium. There is a little bit more than just the stadium that's rolled into that billion dollars. I don't know if you've seen the plans. We linked it in the show notes. You can see the plans uh, there if you're a Patreon member, and it's actually it sits on a twenty acre parcel in Indianapolis. They're gonna have to tear some stuff down first, but there's also going to be like a a plaza slash park area and uh for like venues and stuff and then there's going to be apartments um a hotel I think those are in the same building there's gonna be like long term um tenant places and a hotel in the same building. And then there's going to be two retail spaces that are two separate buildings that face the street. Uh, so there's going to be a lot that's put into this, including the stadium. It, so it's not just a stadium that's costing upwards of a billion dollars, which makes that price tag a little bit easier to swallow. It's all in the details, right? Everybody likes investment. Everybody likes buildings going up. But it, it's when when you have 
a billion dollar project, how much of it is actually going to be res- the responsibility right. of of the taxpayers, of the people of Indianapolis, of the people of Indiana to pay for it. So I'd, I'd want to see the details. I'd, it's a good, you know, if they're going to exist, they need a permanent place to play. But mm-hmm. you've got it. it. It seems to me like they made their announcement and everybody's you know, there hasn't been a public discussion about it. Every time that the stadium pro- project has come about, it's it's been it's died really quickly. And it's always been, hey, we're going to the state asking for money. Well, this General Assembly, we're going to get into it later, but they're not even in session. So there's the state can't right. agree to this yet legally. Uh, so what's happened? Has the, have have different people indicated that they're going to support it or do they have a proposal and they need? What elected officials have voted yes for this thing or have said yes to it? That's what I'd want to know. Right. And well, and they also said in the article that we that we linked, there is a partnership with the NCAA and the IHSAA. Uh, So basically college athletics and then also high school athletics would be doing some stuff in the stadium as well. So I would assume that NCAA, IHSAA is going to be uh, footing some of the bill as well, which is public money. They're they're saying that the the developer, the the owner of the so there's a company called the Keystone Corporation, which is yeah. owned by the same guy that owns the the soccer team, uh, Ursal Ozamir. Uh, and that dude's a billionaire son. I ain't gotta play for his own damn stadium. Uh, <laughs> essentially, what they're saying is, hey, you know. The stadium is a couple hundred million dollars of this. All of the other private investment, the retail, everything else, that's actually going to be the generator that's going to pay for all of the other parts of the project. So you can't just build a stadium by itself. But if you lump all of this together, it's going to pay for it. Pay for it. I can. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that for sure. But if it's it's, it's so if it's so sound, why doesn't he just develop the whole damn thing himself? Why do you need the why do you need the city to get because he's going to he's got to hedge his bets, dude. Sure. The only thing I really hear is uh, extra traffic, more construction. You know, mm. I, I've been up here. Well, for like, wait a minute. Some <laughs> of us are okay with orange barrels. <laughs> I've been up here for you know a year and a half, and it's not one place in the state of Indiana you don't drive that you are not waiting behind construction traffic. I mean, it's yeah. everywhere. You've always got to work on yourself, huh? <laughs> I mean, listen, it, man. The last time we were in Tennessee, uh, in Nashville, which was last winter, um, that they had a light snow. <laughs> and people were freaking out. They were closing like live shows. There was a uh, there was only one. They're like maybe the pipes are going to freeze there, and there, burst. There was only thirty two degrees outside. Nashville's I mean, a party city, and we went to a place where uh, bachelor parties go. And there was one only one key employee who showed up to do her job. Yeah, it's weird if it's not sixty five or seventy degrees down there. They were freaking out. No one had, no businesses had their driveways plowed. I mean, pure, I, I, pure chaos. I ain't never seen snow, but you know, a handful of times, you know, it was maybe half inch, inch, you know. But I, I mean, I remember this winter, I walked outside and there was like eight or 10 inches of snow. And I was like, <laughs> what the heck is going on? <laughs> like, I had no idea what to do. I had no, you know, I didn't have a snow shovel. I don't even, I didn't have winter, you know, winter clothes hardly. You know, because I moved up here in the winter. I'm like, what, what the heck's going on here? I didn't know this stuff happened up here. Yeah, yeah you, you didn't have the access to a weather app to say, you know, it gets really damn cold. <laughs> it gets, gets down close to zero. Yeah, you, ever do so, any, you ever do any hunting down in Tennessee? Yeah. What kind of hunting? 
Uh, coon hunting's my favorite. Done of a course little, it is. Yeah, we love done a little deer hunting. Uh, turkey hunting's kind of you know not my not my style, but I'm a big deer hunter. And I love coon hunting. You ever go squirrel hunting? I have. Do you have do, do you have dogs? No, my best my well my best friend growing up in Tennessee, he actually inherited a a lot of land, so we we used his dogs and uh, hunted on all his land. Coon hunting coon hunting's pretty big here. I really well. thought you were going to tell me he inherited some coon hunting dogs. And I'm no, maybe, those, those, those dogs are pretty dang valuable. Yeah, coon hunting's, coon hunting's definitely something I could probably do one, uh, probably once a day for the rest of my life. You know, deer hunting a couple times a week. But uh, I'm a big, I'm a, I like fishing too. You know, um, been to Puerto Rico a couple times. Go down there deep sea fishing, and uh, you know that stuff gets pretty fun down there. Well, the DNR in Indiana, the state DNR has made some changes to their. Uh, to their rules for public really, land. I don't really agree with some of this stuff. It kind of takes the fun out of it. <laughs> and, you know, we didn't really talk about this in the show prep, but I happened to see it in the Courier Times today, and I I have a funny story that deals with one of these rules, so I wanted to include it. But uh, the first rule that they said that that's changing, you can keep a... Basically, if you go into the woods and you have a deer stand or a blind in those public woods, the DNR is going to let you keep it there now. And apparently, you were not able to do that in the past. So if you put up, a, you had to haul in your deer stand every every time if you wanted one, or you had to apparently, shoot off the ground. Yeah was that act, was that the way things actually were going? Uh, see, whenever I was a a young man, a a teenager, okay, a late teenager. My friend and I bought a ladder deer stand together. We also bought a little John boat together. But for the purpose of this story, we'll focus on the deer stand. And we put it out in the woods. Um, Where's that? Hillsboro? Um, Wilbur Wright. Wilbur Wright here in Henry County. Wilbur Wright. Fish and recreational area. Yes. If If you're Googling at home. And we hunted once. It was a... It was a buddy stand, deer stand, ladder stand, and we hunted like, once. Like most out of, of your it. hobbies, you get real excited about it. You go buy the stuff, and I then you go do a, it a, time a long or two. time in my youth. The problem is, is whenever you know you're 18 years old and you're trying to make something of yourself, you don't have a lot of leisure time that you think you have. You have kids, you realize you have you had a lot of leisure time. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we used it like once. I used it once. I don't know how much he used it, I should say. And then I went back in the spring and I thought, I'm going to do better this year. And it's. So you just left it out in the woods all winter. Mm-hmm. Did you it, have any identifying markings on it that says, this belongs to Dakota Davis? No, but we chained it and locked it. Okay. And, uh, which should be sufficient. There were other people that had. You weren't that the only one. stands out there. Correct. Shoot, I saw a climbing stand just chained to the base of a tree. So, whatever. And I thought, everything goes here. So, I was like, I'm going to go do better. I'm going to squirrel hunt. And I'm going to check on our stand and make sure it's good. And I went out there and the stand was gone. And I'm like, what happened? I know I'm at the right tree because here is my chain with the lock. (laughs) And it's been cut. It's been stolen. So, I'm like, someone stole my freaking life. Like, the thing that was going through my head was, who steals a freaking tree stand out of the woods in the middle of the wintertime? 
You know, that was insane to me. And then I read this story today in the Courier Times and I thought, that makes so much sense. No one stole my deer stand. The DNR came out and took it. They said, it's not allowed. And they said, here's here's my new free deer stand. Yeah, so thank God we didn't have any (laughs) identifying marks. This belongs to Dakota Davis. If found, please call and send to... Somewhere north of Q. Yeah. No, none of that happened. How do you honestly feel about being able to hunt on public land? Uh, I think it's I think it's good. I think it gives a lot of people who um, you know might not otherwise have the opportunity to have that experience or procure their meat themselves. Yeah, sure. But I'm saying when you spend, you know, say say you go to the same you know public spot for you know three four weeks, you know six eight weeks, whatever, and you're watching, say, you know. A 12-point buck, you know, just say for instance, you know, you're keeping an eye on them, and then, you know, you're out there for six weeks, and then somebody else that has the same authority you do to be on that land, but you've had your eyes on them for, you know, however long, just just say, and he kills them. I mean, how, how honestly pissed yeah, I mean, off that sucks. Be? That's the same story you hear all the time around here, though. If you got, you know, you've got somebody that owns this parcel or that parcel, and everybody has the same the same deer showing up on their trail cams, right? Everybody's seeing yeah. these same bucks, and then it's, oh, damn it, Matt down the road got him. I, you know, Cade thought he was going to get him, but yeah, Matt got it this year. Because you can't hunt on public land down there and or down south, and that would probably, you know, bring my stress levels where I'd have to take a week off work if somebody stole a 12-pointer from me. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, just saying, you know, I don't well, have any stomping grounds up here, so I don't know anybody that has, you know, right. 60... 80 acres of land, you know? So it's, it's me. I, I'm not even been deer hunting or anything up here because I, I don't think I would have fun on public land. Um, it's a pretty good time. Is it? Um, yeah, it actually is. I mean, you're obviously going to have more fun if it's, if it's private, but there's also some, some cool opportunities on public land as well. One neat thing about public land is that it's, it's all kept up. Yeah. You know? So I mean, you know as well as I do, there are some landowners that just, they have the woods. Yeah. And that's all that it is. They just own the woods. They don't try to manage the land at all. And that can be hazardous for the hunter, and it can be hazardous for the animals as well. And sometimes that those woods can be so dilapidated that deer will avoid it. Yeah. I mean, you have a point there. So your public land is always, is always going to be somewhat decently kept up. Um, but there's also, you know, the the negatives, uh, and usually public land is public land because it, there's a lot of different resources. So there's going to be good water sources there usually. Um, this is the We Are Libertarians podcast network in Dakota. I'm a big supporter of public land. Is explaining why public land is better than private land. I'm a huge supporter of public land, and I'm also a huge supporter of hunting licenses and fish licenses and paying for those. To support, explain the, explain that that thought process to people because this is this is one that I also share with folks because there's something called the tragedy of the commons. I think that it's I think that conservation efforts are super important. I want to make sure I have I grew up enjoying the land and the outdoors as a vital part of my entire existence, and I it's very, very important to me that that stays that way for many generations to come. I think that if, if we lose sight of what it means to be a, a person, which is where we came from and who our ancestors were, then it's a huge disservice to not only our own personhood, but can be a, a huge detriment to our mental health as well. And, the, the and reason- I think that it, 
I think that keeping our land, I think that conservation efforts and keeping our land sustainable like that is extremely important. The reason you have a hunting regulation system is so that you manage your deer populations. Right. So that you don't go out and take out every deer in the community right. and decimate it, but you also encourage enough where you have a county and you say, hey, look, we, we got a bunch of auto auto versus deer accidents in Henry and Rush counties, so we want you guys to try to take six does this year if you can, right, or whatever thing, that number is to manage no, the population. There's no bears in Indiana. I mean, well, there are, there are some in southern Indiana. but There are very few threats. Yeah, there's really no natural predators. We, there's no wolves. There's you nothing, got coyotes. There's nothing, but coyotes aren't going to gang up on a healthy deer, a healthy young deer that can get away because they're fast. We are the population control for those animals. And Buicks. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's a problem. But and, and it's the, uh, the same thing happens with fishing, right? right. So I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, <laughs> I haven't been this year, but I am generally a, a pretty consistent angler. And I will say that the reason that our lake here in Henry County, Summit Lake State Park, the reason that we have walleye there is because the DNR has a stocking program. They go down to Brookville, they grab the male and the female, they they create fingerlings, they stock them in Prairie Creek, which is just 15 miles northeast of here. They'll stock them right in, in Summit Lake. And the, the reason why probably 80% of the lakes that have walleye to actually go out and catch is because we have a, a management program. Correct. You ever ate walleye? Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, oh, it's, it. it's my favorite. Oh, it's so good. Walleye and perch are both There's actually both a, awesome. a little, uh, uh, a little sh- uh, sh- uh, restaurant down in Acton or Wanamaker, Indiana. Mm-hmm. It's called Wheatley's. Man, it's so good. A little story real quick um, while we're talking about hunting. Market hunting used to be such a problem. Market hunting is whenever, back in the day, People would hunt animals, and you could sell them in open markets, and you could sell every part of them. It became such a huge problem where people were just going out and trapping and shooting all of the animals that there was almost a mass extinction of white-tailed deer across basically this part of the United States, the Midwest. And I know, worked with an older man who at the time was in his late 70s, who said that his dad, he can remember his dad having to travel to the upper peninsula of Michigan in order to hunt white-tailed deer because there were none in Liberty, Indiana. So in that man's lifetime, he's seen it go from, oh, we can't hunt white-tailed deer to, oh my God, there's too many deer. <laughs> <laughs> And that was because of the regulations that were imposed for, to prohibit market hunting in, in the United States. That's basically because of FDR. FDR, the whole reason that we want to shoot a big buck is because FDR made it popular. Before people were just trying to shoot does and anything, pe- more people would shoot does because they taste better, in air quotes. They were, for meat. They, were, they were for meat. Yeah. And FDR is the one who made it popular to try to shoot the biggest buck that you could find. And he did that purposefully because that big buck that you find is usually an older male. And that, that can be, uh, actually be beneficial to the, the, the breeding population of deer in an, in an area. So that wasn't even something that was done by, re- by regulation. That was the president 
trying to control the culture and managing wildlife in that respect. He got, cool. yeah, he got me convinced that it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty neat. It's very the history of wildlife management in this country is is very interesting. So uh, the other the other rule that they've introduced is that you can now put trail cams out on public grounds as well. Right, you can and just like Hunter over yeah. here was saying. You know now now you're going to have that problem where you're seeing stuff come across your Wi-Fi trail cam. And going, oh man! Right in front of my stand that's been out there for the last three. It's going to be great when you have your trail cam set up and you watch somebody else shoot the deer you were looking for on your <laughs> on your camera. You're going to have no! fantastic no! 720p of that yeah. 14 pointer dropping. And what makes it worse is they're using your ladder stand. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's your and then it's your, and then you got video of it and you god. Dang it, Cade, you just drug him out of there. The deer stops to look at your camera <laughs> and then gets dropped because it got distracted <laughs> yeah. by your camera. And it's also totally cool now to go harvest antler sheds um, so you can go and, and hunt for for antlers, which is, has always been kind of a big thing. I never realized That's that not was been allowed as well. I guess not. The Courier Times article said that it, w- it was updated this year and so, effective now. So they said... I, I skimmed this article, and I was like, yeah. oh, DNR rules changed. I'm like, oh, God, what are they doing to campers? I looked at it, and like, nope, 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 doesn't affect me. I'm moving on. I didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> didn't have a darn thing to do with the state park camp, state park camping. I was set. And, and also, it, and it uh, didn't affect fishing, so I was I Wait, was there's good. a state park here in Henry County? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Summit Lake. Oh, yes, yeah, so nice. Summit Lake State Park is here in We're going to get to that in a minute when we talk yeah. about the reasons for you to move here. Sure. Also, magnet fishing is allowed. Uh, in public waters now, treasure hunting, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have you. Have you? Do you guys have any interest in magnet fishing? Uh, I've never been. Um, I've heard about it, but uh, if I'm, I'm, I'm if I'm going fishing, I'm going to catch a fish. I'm going to go catch a bass. I ain't worried about. <laughs> I ain't worried about you know Sandy losing losing something in the bottom of the water. Yeah. That's too far gone. The thing I, I don't care that much. I've thought about is like all the really valuable stuff that's down there. Isn't going to be picked up with a magnet. That's for the people that, you know, you're at the beach and you see them using a metal detector, you know. That's, yeah. that's for those people. It's for somebody. It's not for me. I have watched some YouTube video. Like, occasionally you'll see the... I like watching them when they're magnet fishing in rivers in, like, uh, in like Germany. And they'll pull out some pretty sweet World War II artifacts and stuff. Yeah. Then I can see it. I mean, Brookville I, Lake... I ain't never been, and I can't say I'll ever be. Honestly, didn't yeah. didn't somebody pull like a uh, a fifty caliber rifle out of the Everglades in Florida? Not yeah, that yeah, long yeah. Ago? Yep, that happened. <laughs> I, I mean, saw that YouTube video. People yeah. find they're actually cool YouTube videos of these guys that are doing it. But if, I, that if you has look to be like under, one in a hundred. If you look you under know? bridges, you'll see stuff all the time, and you see now with. In the fishing world, the downscan imaging, and this is one of those things that we probably could have had uh, had. Uh, Dev and Guffy on to talk about, but the the imaging mm-hmm. that you get off of a boat now, it, if you spend big money, not the two hundred dollar crappy Garmin that I have on my on my Bass Tracker, but the there's full sonar, like full three sixty, you know, side scan imaging, whatever. And hell, they just found a car last year in Geist where it went off. If, if you look near a bridge, you'll find cars down there. Yikes! Yeah. That's I mean, not good. I even heard. Uh, yeah, your magnet there's fishing. There's an interview with Andy Cartier, <laughs> uh, Brian Hunter Ray, and he does offshore like fishing. And his boat has air radar to detect birds, and they'll see a flock of birds and know that they're they're down near the water that they're probably fishing. 
So he'll go, just like, he'll go follow the birds. I think it'll catch it like miles just like out. Look and see. I think it'll go like miles out. He's one of those yeah. guys that probably has a has a cumulative thousand horsepower of boat engine on his boat. But yeah, he talked about that. Like you'll see like swarms of birds and tell them, "Oh, go this direction," because they're probably looking for fish. Yeah, in uh, 2020, there was a story posted that a 1987 Camaro that was reported stolen was pulled out of Geist Reservoir 32 years after it went down. So it was underneath the uh, underneath a bridge that had been rebuilt. That was the most incredible part of that story for me is that they had literally rebuilt the bridge with the car there, with the car sitting there, and they didn't find it. But some fisherman found it with his uh, with his sonar. Wow, insanity! I just yeah. don't have good luck to you know find. <laughs> they saw it down there. The builders saw it down there. And they, they said, like, "Not my, yeah, not touching this." Because they're like, well, the way because if they my... see it, then it shuts the job site down for yeah. two days while they investigate, and make sure there's not a body. Exactly. There. But I know that when I used to canoe as a kid, along, um, I think I don't know if it was what river we were going, but <laughs> the big blue behind the old Walmart, no, you find shopping carts. I never did that. I think I don't think I ever did the big blue, but I think it was probably like the White River or something down south, but. There were cars and tr- old cars. Like you're not seeing like, oh look, there's uh, even like an '80s car. There's like a '32 Ford, or whatever. Yeah. and they that were all strewn along. And she can imagine that that's what's along the river. The, you can imagine what would be in the river. So the Whitewater River down near Brookville, there are commercial kayaking opportunities down there. I'm pretty sure that back in another era, they used junk cars for soil, soil stabilization. So if you look down the bank, there were all of these yeah. old 30s, 40s, 50s cars, and they were just there to hold back dirt so that they didn't have erosion. It's a rusty car above. show. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. So we real quickly, we will get through the uh, the special session. The I was Indi- just giving a little update. There's nothing that's been finalized or nothing. No, they, they are – basically this week, the, the Senate Republicans have said, hey, we're going to put three bills in place. Tom Saunders sat in the chair. Hunter's in three weeks ago, our retiring state representative, and maybe four weeks ago. And he said, I thought I was done, but they're trying to call us back. And there are three things they're going to deal with. Uh, they're going to have a bill regarding abortion uh, because Roe versus Wade was withdrawn. Uh, they are going to discuss the reason that they had originally called the special session, which is a tax refund. The governor wants to give every taxpayer $200, $250, 225 $225. So if you're a household married Dakota, you'd get uh do the math there, what 450? 450. Uh 450 bucks. And then there's also talk about because the it's become so unpopular in the last 60 days, Indiana not suspending their gas tax but reworking it so that there's a cap because it I don't think when they put this in 2017 they they basically said, hey, we're going to rework the way we do gas taxes, and they never anticipated $5.50 a gallon gas. Let's make gas. that a part of the Constitution. You want to, you want to put hard numbers in the Constitution? Just like Mitch did for gas taxes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, hey, I'm, it's, I think it would like cut it in half or less than in half what it, from what it currently is. I was irritated. Well, it, there's, there's three different buckets to it, right? Like yeah. it's, it, it's all in the details because there there's a federal tax. There is a use tax, and then there's a sales tax. So there are three different numbers inside of Indiana's gas tax. Yeah. It needs to get fixed. I was just irritated. <laughs> I thought that the the refund thing was like done, and I was like, I knew it wasn't physically done, but I knew the session was starting on like the sixth. And I was like, oh, I hadn't heard anything about it yet. But I figured, like, I'll be back from vacation, and there'll be a timeline on when that's going to start getting deposited. And they haven't even done it yet. No, they it's haven't. Been they two, haven't agreed. They've had two weeks to figure out whether or not they're going to do that or not. It's all going to get negotiated. Uh, and it's a. It, I, I'm starting to see trade groups are already starting to email people saying, hey, look. 
this is what they're talking about, but it's a legislative session. We can accomplish anything. We don't know what it's going to be. These are just the first first round of ideas, and the Senate the Senate has their ideas, and the House has their ideas, and they're going to come together, and we'll see what happens. I filled up in North Carolina for three dollars and eighty seven cents, which was not a deal, but compared to Indiana, <laughs> was a deal, and was especially compared to deal like, well, we need the money for roads, and. Again, I made the transition on 70 into from Ohio into Indiana, and Stevie Wonder could tell when you crossed the straight line because literally you cross the state line and instantaneously your car is getting rocked by horrible roads. I got back from mid-Ohio, and I broke a leaf spring. As yeah. soon as I got into Wayne County, I broke a leaf spring on the camper, and I've spent the last two and a half weeks putting it back together. Yeah, half of, half of the time I'm running appointments in you know different parts of the state, and you know I'm going to say – Two or three times a week, I pull over on the side of the road because I think I have a flat tire. What do you think a flat tire is going to cost? What do, what do you think a, t- a tire costs on a on a twenty fourteen Mercedes? <laughs> well, I what, size, I what size rims you have on those? I ain't got to that point to even think about what all that stuff costs. His doesn't look but, like they're too awful. Uh, I'm, I'm probably seventeens. Yeah, that's better I'm, than like twenties or twenty. But now I, I heard all that foreign stuff's pretty expensive, but I ain't worried about that yet. But I'm worried about when are they going <laughs> to fix these roads up here in the state? I bet your rims are cheaper. I bet your tires are cheaper than Chris Galt's on his 200. <laughs> they work on it. Uh... Oh, Chris Galt. Chris Galt's a pretty good guy. I like him and his dad, Michael. Pretty good people. But yeah. Our roads are, for, for paying like 61 cents in gas taxes, our roads are awful. They're can't, trying. Can't fix them overnight, man. I was up in Lafette the other day. I was heading Wait, back. What? Lafayette. Lafayette? Lafayette? <laughs> he just smirked. <laughs> I, was up, I was up in Lafette the other day, and I was headed back, and I pulled over. I thought my tire was flat. There's you a know? section of 70 I brought up on the show a couple times that every time I towed a camper to Indianapolis, I got to a section. I'm like, your tra- your trailer's not coming apart. Your trailer's not coming apart because it would just sh- – it's something about the way it hit the, uh, tr- my trailer suspension. Three different trailers, didn't matter, made it feel like it was coming apart <laughs> every time. It was like 100 degrees outside. I was mad. I was like, I got a flat. I'm about to change this in 100-degree weather, and I've got a pullover on. You know, I've got a long sleeve on. So, And my God, it was just a road. That's all it was. I mean, it was a sign of relief, but still, it's about half annoying. Welcome to Indiana. It's uh, I, I've I've said this I, I, to every customer I've met with since uh, since I got back from New York State. I have driven from Montreal to New Orleans in the last seventy five days. The worst pavement is in the state of Indiana. Oh, 100%. I-70 between the state line and Indianapolis is the worst stretch of pavement I have been on. It's it's the yeah, Period. I-70 on the east side then uh, the road that connects, you know, uh uh what's it up there on the northwest side? Uh, Zionsville. <laughs> Zionsville to yep. Fett. That's yep. that's the worst two roads in the state. And 37. 37 ain't bad. It's just construction. You know, my grandpa said it's been construction since the 30s. So that's never going to get fixed. Your grandpa knows about uh, Indiana roads? Yeah. Tell me how how did you get here? Um, my mom. So I'm, we moved up here about a year and a half ago. So uh, my mom actually um, moved, like, was born in Pendleton. So they just chose Shelbyville, Indiana, out of all all things, you know. And uh, my cousin actually works for the same company I do. He's just on a different. You know, he's in a different uh, department than I am. So you know, I moved up here. I, I finished school at IUPUI, and then I, I started work with him. And then, you know, my my family they outsourced to Ocala, Florida, and I'm just up here because you know, just 
just because you want you want to you want to live a hard life. You want you want to experience real winters. You want to live a place where the bugs die in the winter time. I, I don't know. I mean, the because in Ocala the mosquitoes just keep growing. I'd say the mosquitoes ain't bad up here, but uh, I tell you what, down in Tennessee, as, as soon as as soon as you get out, there's about you know two hundred seven mosquitoes ready to get you. Mm-hmm. So, are you open to the idea of continuing this Hoosier journey of staying in Indiana? Uh yeah, yeah I, I like this. Uh, I like this occupation I'm in. You know, pretty pretty grateful for the you know opportunity Aaron and uh, Aaron presented me. And uh, you know, I plan on being with this company for a while. So uh, so always we'll we'll, we'll we'll give you a plug here. If if somebody has what what is it that you do? What do you provide? What service do you provide, Hunter? Oh, uh, we do structural. Uh, you know, crawl space basement. You know, uh, anything really with a home will repair it. Okay, so any any foundation repairs or yeah, foundation, settled structure. settled concrete, whatever you're. Yep. You, you'll come out, take a look, and face it out. waterproofing. You know, uh, you know, bowing walls, in, anything with a home that needs, you know, fixed or repaired, we'll, we'll come out and repair it. Okay, so you're you're about a year year and a half into living in Indiana, yeah, and you're living on the South Side. Yeah, do you love the South Side? No, there's about uh, there's probably uh, sh- a shoot never, you know, day or two down there. Are so, you in an apartment? Yeah, I, I live in an apartment. Mm. It's just, you know, um, when I moved up here, there was really, you know, nothing available. And, you know, it's, it's just me. It was just me at the time. And I was I was looking at, you know, houses, but, man, that's too much upkeep and maintenance. Just hey, you got to decide where you want to be, too. Yeah. You don't want to move to an area and buy a house 10 minutes in. I like that Acton area. That Acton area is pretty nice. The where? Acton. Right outside of Wanamaker. Okay. Right there on 74. Marion County. Yeah, yeah. Marion County. Right out, right down 74. Um just outside of Marion County, that 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 area is pretty nice, uh, pretty country area down there. But uh, if I do touch, you know, start construction here, it'd probably be an acting. If I had to guess, um, I like out here though. I, you know, I drove around the the square about five times waiting on you to answer the phone. But uh, <laughs> you know, so so you you came to Newcastle and and you're you're in our downtown studio. What do you, what do you think of our downtown area? Uh, I mean, it's, you know, cool, calm, collected. You know, I can tell that uh, this definitely ain't you know Indianapolis. Um, don't really have to worry about, you know, um, crime as the sirens are yeah. just whipping outside, <laughs> you know, don't really have to worry about, you know, well, am I going to be the one getting shot today? You know what I mean? Or just, am I going to be somewhere when, when somebody opens fire, you know I mean? That stuff just, I know, you know, it. that stuff just, uh, it's crazy nowadays. I don't even want to get into it. You got to leave. The building owner says we need to take you downstairs after this is over. So you got to, before you leave the building, you get to look at the basement here. Sure. You're gonna put on your salesman cap. You're gonna you're gonna run a lead. Uh, <laughs> let let Aaron know you did something on your day off. No, nah, actually, this is about the this is the first day off I've had during a week since January, so it feels pretty nice. So, what kind of stuff do you look for in a community if you're going to go somewhere? Is it is it the hunting ground? Is it the lakes for fishing? What 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 do you say? Hey, this is where I want to be. How far how far is it Summit Lake from here? Uh, from right here? Yeah, fifteen minutes. Ain't bad. You're sitting between Westwood Reservoir and Summit Lake. Westwood's about eight minutes away, about 175 acre panfish lake with uh, that's electric only. That has a horse trails, a campground, a mountain bike trail, and a 10 mile hiking trail loop. And then uh, Summit Lake is a couple thousand square mile uh, square square feet. Square. <laughs> I've, I've actually for this occupation, yep. I've I've been up, you know. Newcastle, Richmond, yeah. you know, uh, you know what, what, what was it called? Centerville, right outside of Richmond. Mm-hmm. Those people, those people want to actually fix their home, not, you know, not waste people's time. So, yeah. uh, you know, a good area up here to actually for my occupation, you know, um, I, I like it over here. I'll, 
every time I, you know, Richmond's an hour and 45 from my house, but uh, every time I see that, I, you know, you know, the Carmel and Fisher areas, I hate going to, you know, but uh, when I see Richmond, I'll drive an hour and 45 with a smile on my face. I'm ready to go. So definitely. Uh, Richmond's 40 minutes from here, 35, 40 minutes. Sure. And that's, you know, that's what I drive on average, you know, yeah. per appointment every day, but uh, probably a little more than that. But yeah, the Acton area, this area, you know, um, New Pal ain't a bad area. I, li- I like the old New Pal area. New Pal's growing quick. Yeah. And then uh, Greenfield is, you know, the Greenfield area, it's 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 a little little bigger, you know, more more stuff, you know, more uh, you know, restaurants, you know, stores in that area. That's not a bad area. The uh, hidden the hidden gem for Greenfield is actually north of Greenfield, in my opinion. That Maxwell area. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know it, you know, yeah, too yeah. awful. Well, I've just been there. Concrete you know. dust in your lungs. They're a fine customer of mine. But uh, the- <laughs> I looked at I looked at a house in, in Maxwell when I was gonna have to move, and I pulled up. The owner's car was there, and he had been at home all day, so he had parked it the night before, and this was the next evening, and there was concrete dust all over his car. I'm not advocating living in downtown Maxwell. I'm so saying in that general like, area. He was just in the town. Like It's not like he was right next to the factory. I mean, There's what really a- made y'all choose Newcastle? So when I ran for county council— I said I live here on purpose, and I do. I, I was born in New York State, and there's two things. One, yeah, there's probably three things. The people are awesome. Really, really enjoy the folks that live here and sure. the relationship you can have. I like the small town feel. Uh, yeah, and I, everything yeah. is super convenient, right? If I want to be downtown Indianapolis to watch a Colts game on a Sunday, I can leave my house, and I can be in my parking spot for a Colts game in 45 why, minutes. I don't know why you'd go downtown to watch a Colts game. Well, you're halfway to Cincinnati, too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Here, right? Cincinnati so you can, go, you can go watch your bungles, uh, and it, it's not too far from there either. Right? <laughs> I can I can do my job, and I can I, I drove to Louisville today for lunch and came back up. Right? Must like be I, nice. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I, can, I, can, I can do that from here, though. Yeah. I don't sit in traffic. I live in Newcastle, and I don't get stuck in traffic. I don't deal with the mess of... Of north northeast side to southwest side, you know, it, it's not. I don't have to deal with that life. I don't think I. I don't think I can. Like, honest to God, I don't think I can remember the last day I haven't been in traffic. Yeah, I mean, it's just. I'm, I'm used to it now, and it's just. I can feel my blood pressure rise every time I sit in traffic. Yeah, our if, traffic is so light here that we had a a semi take out one of our stoplights, and they're just like everybody's like it's better. They made it into a four-way stop, and everybody says, like, it's better. And the city might take down all of its actual streetlights, and there's some over here next to us on Broad Street that aren't that are state controlled. State. But the city has, like, three stoplights, and they're like, why do we still have these stoplights? They're not actually better. The stop signs are better. So that's how, like, the craziest traffic you get is— We're having a legitimate debate about, do we even need these stoplights anymore? Need the stoplights. They're, like, not even worth it. And, yeah, so, I mean, once in a while, if you're out—it's fun, actually, if you're out in Newcastle, like, during lunch— this is a town that actually go, gets out for lunch, and you're like, where are all these people coming from? It's just people out for lunch. But yeah, that's the worst you get. It's like, oh man, it took me seven minutes to get across town. I mean, what made you choose uh, Newcastle? I'm bo- I was born here. Um, I work in Indy, but I work on the east side, and then the commute's 40 miles in 40 minutes. It's all, and with the exception 70. of once in a while there's a wreck, yeah, it's all 70. Um, I like it. I like the fact that I tell people, I get that you could probably get to some neighborhoods, but like, just knowing people, just like, oh, need a plumber? I know a plumber. 
do I like I don't know a plumber from calling a plumber. I just know a guy who's a plumber and I know yeah. a guy who's an electrician. I know like you just know people and you know they're not gonna mess you over. You have a you, you have know. a Rolodex of yeah. a network that you develop instantaneously. And it's just like it's cause I know like the the guy I know who's a plumber, I run with him. It just he's a runner, I'm a runner. We go to the track, see him at the track and stuff. So just like you, you like know I, I went to a meeting today. And everybody that was at the meeting, it was just an unrelated thing. It was like the land bank meeting. And it's like, well, the one guy graduated with his son, other guy, his twins were my, my brother and I's best friends in high school. And then like, I knew everybody at the, I knew almost everybody at the meeting just like knew them because it's a small town. So I kind of, I like that is it's affordable place to live. Um, housing prices have gone up a little bit, but like it used to be kind of hard to find a house. It was really easy to find a house under a hundred thousand bucks a couple of years ago, like f- five years ago before COVID. Um, and so yeah, it's an affordable cost of living. We have everything you really need. And especially now with kind of like the Amazon thing, you can just order stuff you don't with Amazon. You can get your specialty stuff instantaneously. In and we've got, we are sitting in a studio with, with gigabit fiber internet available, right? So we're doing a broadcast from a place that would have been an absolute, you know, there would have been no way to do this 10 years ago. I mean, do y'all plan on New- Newcastle being forever for y'all? Or? I have no intention of going anywhere. Sure. Like now, every time Dakota goes on vacation, he's that millennial that will be like, we're moving here. <laughs> he, he, he'll look at he'll, he'll look at houses and career builders as soon as he visits uh, a place. I just, I just look at houses just to see what it's like. I'm like, I wonder how much the houses are here. If we did that in Iowa, not long ago. We were in Iowa a few weeks ago. I wonder what these houses are like. And it was very similar to like here. Yeah, it, that bad. And the other thing I'll, I'll say real quick, Hunter, is that I like, you know, I like to travel. It is an incredible home base. It's a very affordable place to live. Very simple, uh, you know, to, you don't have to have a half million dollar house to, to be doing pretty, you know, to be very comfortable here. So you don't have to tie your money up. You can, you yeah. can have a very reasonable home, uh, that's safe and, and great to have all your stuff as your home base. And then we can go out. 20 weekends a year and, and go explore the country. Yeah. So that's why, that's why we do it. So that's our pitch as you're, as you're deciding where you're going to settle and how this is all going to go down. Give, give Newcastle a shot. I mean, I mean, it's, it's not a bad area. Like I said, it's, it's definitely going to be, it's definitely going to be, uh, if I do, you know, start construction here, which I, I mean, probably a hundred and, you know, hundred percent will, um, probably be east side, definitely not, not east side Indianapolis, but you know, Further east, on, definitely on the, this, is, you know, this side of the state. This is the, uh, the, the, we're only three exits from 465. Yeah. Um, a year ago, I'll leave you with this story. A year ago this week, Brian Nichols visited from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, host of the Brian Nichols Show on the We Are Libertarians Podcast Network. He came to a pool party at my house. We had about 55 people at my house for the pool party. Probably 25 too many for, for my house, but we, <laughs> we did it. We pulled it off. Uh, and Brian visited this town and liked it so much, he sold his house in Philadelphia, bought a house here, and they they live here. They've been here since January. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I like the fact that you know I heard athletics up here is pretty big, and I'm I'm a I'm a huge sports guy. Yep. I mean, you know, NFL, college football, go balls, uh, you know, NBA, uh, you know, f- all that stuff. I, I love it, and I heard you know just. Newcastle, you know, the community's big involved in the sports, and that's pretty cool to me, you know. I mean, yep. regardless, it is high school. It's still, I mean, it's still, you know what I'm saying? The head coach for IU football is a Newcastle High School graduate. Uh, we have uh, Kent Benson was the number two overall draft pick in the NBA. Yeah. He, he still lives here. Uh, he played He played in the NBA. He played, uh, played at IU, won national championship there. Been a guest on this show. 
Um, who else am I forgetting Steve here? Steve, Steve, Steve Alford is a, uh, he, you know, he was a played in the NBA as well. Uh, won a national championship at IU. And uh, now he's the head coach of the Nevada Wealth Pack. So yeah, there's, there's all kinds of, uh, of deep connections uh, to Henry County and athletics. Even the gymnasium, there. you know, I- World's largest and yeah. finest uh, high school uh, or arena right here in New We also have the uh, the Indiana State Basketball Hall of Fame uh, is right here in Newcastle. And then we got the go kart track out there where Joseph Newgarden cut his teeth. That's true. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Joseph lot, and his family would come up from Nashville every there. weekend, and this is where he learned how to race. Was right here it's in Newcastle, Spicel, which is where I live. Actually, yeah, that ain't Newcastle. Son, that's south of 70. What's the name of the place? Newcastle, Newcastle Motorsports Park, NCMP. I bet you've Dr. been over there a lot, haven't you, Zach? My dad used to volunteer there. My dad used to be a corner worker there, and I had my college open house there. And then I don't know if they still do it. Like, they used to do a Dan Wilden Pro-Am race, and then uh, Joseph would have a, a race here, an endurance race called the Robopongs. You'll learn something more about Joseph, his family, his dad, and then like a thing that you can play ping pong with yourself, Robopong, and they would have Robopong 200, I think. <laughs> and he would come up, and that was a crazy event. Like you would see a bunch of IndyCar drivers that come up. Um, oh, it was an endurance race, and then there were some guys that it, would actually run it by themselves. Yeah, and they would have, yeah, someone would be, t- a lot of like the IndyCar drivers would pair up with like a local go-kart kid that was on the, that did the stuff there. And so you'd go up to that and um, see uh, fourth to fourth. A third of the field had run in the Indy 500 that year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Will Power, Dan Weldon, Marco Andretti, um, then Joseph and um, oh, Howard. Jay Howard. Jay Howard was a, he won that a couple times. I think he was kind of a monster at that. So yeah, that, that's an incredible event. That's a incredible facility out there that people don't understand like how much, that brings to the community, but yeah, that's it's so there. much fun. Oh, yeah. What'd you say the population was here? About eighteen, nineteen thousand in Newcastle, fifty thousand in Henry County. Yeah, somewhere in there. What other cities are in this county? Newcastle is the only city. Uh, as we far as towns go, we have uh, Knightstown, a couple thousand people. Couldn't tell you what that was. Middletown, Knightstown's got the gym where they filmed the movie Hoosiers. Oh, yeah, I've watched it. You've seen the movie the, Hoosiers? The, the, the Hickory nah. Cornhuskers home basketball gym is in Nicetown. And then we have Middletown, yeah, Middletown which isn't. Moreland is. has what is probably the single most interesting uh, town fair you will ever visit. The Moreland, uh, the Moreland Fair is awesome. It's coming up, everybody. Yeah, it's coming up. When you I'm going to go up here, they keep saying Townships. Yes. Mm-hmm. I only know Franklin Township. That's the only township. So every every county has townships inside of it. Sure. What township is this? This is Henry County, and we are sitting inside of Henry Township. So there's oh, each okay. county is divided up into about 13, 14 townships. Uh, and sometimes they'll be named after a town that's there. Sometimes they won't. Yeah. Uh, so Dakota lives in Spiceland Township, and he actually lives in the town of Spiceland. In the town, of, just outside the town of Spiceland. Yeah. Um, county. But – you know that we have Fall Creek Township, we have Wayne Township, I mean, we have Blue River Township, etc. Come et cetera. up in Marion County, some because a lot of the schools are kind mm-hmm. of broken down by township, right? So we like, don't really do that Pike, much here. Pike High Schools, Pike Township, Lawrence Township, Lawrence Central, and so and it's not all like what what Ben Davis is Washington Township, I think maybe I grew up about Ben Davis. Up. So, so once in a while, yeah, but but you'll so yeah, townships are actually easier to distinguish. In Marion County, because that's kind of how they've broken their schools up a little bit. But then mostly here, it's like volunteer fire departments and stuff. And it's kind of hard to yeah. 
separate to figure out which, which way is which. Like you just know when you go to a parade, you see all the trucks, you just learn where they're all from. All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and put a put a bow on the show. Uh, Zach, you're back. You're back from a big trip. Do you yeah. got any final thoughts for us? Any any reports from from the sea? Uh, no, had a good week. It was my 39th week at where I go, and it was great. Ate a lot of seafood, spent a lot of time on the beach. My kids managed to get me sunburnt the last day. Um, I managed to not be burnt until then, but they drug me in the water for about four hours. <laughs> uh, so I couldn't get back. I literally couldn't get back in. Did they, did you get sunburnt and they didn't? They didn't because they would, they were, they were taking shifts. So one of them would go in <laughs> and then leave me out there. And my, my youngest was like, you doing all right, dad? I'm like, yeah, I'm real tired, buddy. He's like, okay. And just trying, he just jumped back into another wave. And like the surf is just enough at where we go. It's not like the Gulf. It's rough. You can lose a kid. Like we lost, we lost three pair of goggles. Um, they just get knocked off a kid's head and just disappear. And one day, literally, if you float, if you just would let yourself float in the water, you would go probably like a hundred yards and probably like 90 seconds down the beach. So you had to kind of, I did stay out there to keep an eye on the kids. Um, but they had a good time. And so it was, I mean, if they get swept out to sea, they would have a story to tell. Yeah, eventually, eventually. And there was like, and there've been some like shark sightings recently. I saw a stingray with my drone. I did some, I, that was my favorite thing to do every day as I broke the drone out and got some killer shots. Um, and played around. So yeah, it was a good vacation. I literally just like moved to Ohio, rolled it right into that. I was only home for like 60 hours between the two. And so, so um, one, one other thing we have here is that this is the birthplace of Wilbur Wright who discovered, you know, he, he's the first, he and his brother Orville were the first in flight. They built the first airplane and flew the first airplane. Uh, Kitty Hawk, North Carolina is not far. Did y'all, do y'all ever go to Kitty Hawk and I've check that out? Kitty Hawk. Like, it's, that would be like, this, I would go in my first year I went, I'd be like, I got to check out Kitty Hawk. Here, okay. First of all, the first time I went, I was one. I know, but I'm so, saying it would be it as an adult, I'd be like, we're going And But here's the thing is that, like, I've talked, there's a battleship in Wilmington in North Carolina is there. And I want to take my kids that, but like we have evolved this trip into the point where we don't go anywhere. Like my <laughs> vacation is get up, eat, eat a bowl of cereal. I took a picture of my breakfast. My breakfast one day was fruit loops and chocolate covered donuts and there might have been a chocolate chip cookie that was in there too that didn't get seen you go out to the beach till from <laughs> from like nine thirty to about noon you wander back in fix yourself uh, usually a deli meat sandwich with some chips more cookies we had oreo we had regular oreos we had golden oreos and we had nutter butters uh, it's golden oreo golden Oreo. i'll tell you what you really get too regular oreo and nutter butter eat them at the same time you got peanut butter <laughs> chocolate that's some jam i was on vacation you and i vacation completely <laughs> I, differently because oh. if i when i go on vacation i will i you know i've got a base camp and then i will drive two hours each way on day no. trips from there so i'm seeing the and country then, and, then we, and you're like sit my ass and, on and the then beach right back out to the beach until like usually three thirty or four, depending on where we're going to eat. Cause we've got to eat every night. We didn't, we didn't fix any meals in the house. Um, and so we used to like on Tuesdays when my parents, uh, when I was a kid, my parents would go into Wilmington. We might go with them. We might go do the battleship. There was a spot called the pilot house that we'd always eat lunch and stuff. And at a certain point we're just like, man, it'd be fun to be on the beach right now. And so we just don't go anywhere but the beach. Except to like it, we, if it rains, you go shopping, and there's like five local stores. This place used to be called Mayberry by the Sea. Was this nickname when when I was a kid? That population of this island was ten thousand people of actual people. It was a hundred thousand in the summer. 
um, with tourists and stuff coming out. It's probably more than that, though. They've really developed it a lot. Um, but still just single-family dwellings for the most part. So, yeah, we don't go anywhere. If I want to get my kids to the battleship, I'm going to start showing up a day or two early. And I'll get them to do that stuff while we're there. But before we get onto the island. We don't go anywhere. It's like my vacations are the same as my state park trips. When we go camping, we go to mid-Ohio. When we went to mid-Ohio, you I never rolled leave. on Thursday. I never left the property. I was exactly we went the to Prophetstown State Park. I never left the property. And my wife will always leave the property because she will find a Walmart. But my goal on top sale, <laughs> except to go to some restaurants that are off the island nearby in Sneeds Ferry, I don't leave the area. That's my goal. I do nothing. Hunter, are you a, are you a vacation roamer or a vacation planter? What do you mean by that? Do you, do you do day trips on your vacation, or do you just you're on vacation and I'm going to sit in my beach chair? That's where I'm. Uh, that's where I want to be. Uh, actually, I'm kind of you know burn out of vacations right now. I mean, you know, I'm burn out of the beach. You know, going to the beach don't even sound fun to me. Um, it's the same stuff every time. But uh, me and uh, me and Alexis, we're gonna we're gonna hit the Grand Canyon this you know probably October. I want to do stuff like that right now. You know, I don't have kids or anything like that. Yeah, maybe you know one day if I have kids, maybe going to the beach would be fun again. But for now, you know, anything to do with the ocean, water, stuff like that. You know, it's just so typical. You know, um, no no offense, <laughs> no offense, no offense. <laughs> when I go on other trips, I usually will be somewhere and go out and around. Like we go to Tennessee and I'll right. take the camper and I'll be right. running around all day. This vacation is not that vacation. And it's also, it's not me and four people. It's us. We had, you've got 15, 16 people. And we had five houses. So it was oh us. God. There were uh, seven in our house. Um, the Waldens were there. Jerry Walden, Councilman Jerry Walden was there and he had his grandkids there. And so he, there were eight, eight in his house, another eight in another house. So I bet we had probably 25 or 30 people. Some of them I don't see except for there. They live in North Carolina. So I'd sit down and just chat up. Some people I don't get to talk to. We solve all the world's problems. So, so yeah, when when I go to like you know Puerto Rico, for instance, um, I hit the whole island because I stay in a different hostel every single night. You know, I don't stay in hotels. I stay in hostels. It's a little weird when I first started doing it. You know, I'm sleeping in a room with you know somebody from Oregon and somebody from you know Bulgaria. Yeah, I don't even know who they are. Yep. And uh, but it's like four dollars a night. So you hit the deep sea fishing. You know. I mean, deep. You know, all that stuff costs a lot down there because it is, you know, uh, touristy. Yeah, that's the big thing. But you can find reasonable accommodations. But it's you know, you you stay in a place for four dollars a night. You know, plane tickets are dirt cheap to go. Your round tickets, round trip tickets are dirt cheap to go there and back. It's you know, you save money on the tickets. You know, and the hostels and the you know, foods cheap down there. But it's all the the touristy you know activities is what you know takes up a bunch of portion of that. So I'm a I never stay in the same spot when I go on vacation. I kind of planned it out where I'm hitting, you know, six, seven different cities, you know, within wherever I'm going. Yep. That's the, I think, I think you and I are pretty similar. We're it's road trip mode. It, yeah. It's, you, you've got just crazy numbers of map dots on the, uh, on the vacation. Zach, is there anything else in your final thoughts before we wrap up? Nope. All right. Hunter, I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, I've had a good time. I mean, I'm just glad you, you know, you asked me to be a part of it. Uh, this is my first podcast. You know, I've, I've watched podcasts before, you know, uh, Jocko, you know, some uh, Joey Molinero's and, uh, you know, uh, some podcast Joe Burrows. I, wore, stuff. I, I know uh, what company you work for. I wore my Jocko Willink shirt for you. Yeah, Jocko's a, Jocko's a big, you know, part of yeah. part of IFS. This is one of his shirts. Yeah, that's I, I wore it just Jocko, for you. Jocko's a, you know. I, you know, sometimes I'll uh, I'll head to an appointments list some Jocko Wheeling, and I'm I'm ready to rip my steering wheel off. You know, he he gets me fired up. But uh, 
Now, I've had a good time, you know, uh, laugh. You know, anytime you're, you know, sitting around talking with some cool guys, laughing is a pretty good time. And uh, definitely, you know, hope to be back, you know, sometime. Uh, but other than that, you know. Anything to promote? How do people, how do people reach out? If they want to say, hey, uh, Hunter, I've got a, I'm, I need you to look in my crawl space and figure this out. How do they hit you up? Uh, How do you want people contacting you? Uh, you can contact me on my work phone at uh, actually 765-577-9846. Uh, anything to do with uh, moisture in the basement, bowing walls, you know, settled concrete, uh, foundation issues, crawl space issues, or if you even want me to come out and do a general evaluation, um, I'll come out and check everything for you, you know, if you're noticing issues or something like that. Or you can reach me at uh, hunter.kirk. That's uh, K-I-R-K at IndianaFoundation.com. I'd be more than grateful to, uh, you know, uh, get with you and get in touch with you and find out a, a time that, you know, is convenient for the both of us, and we'll go from there. And you've got a special coupon code. If they show a picture of, uh, of, of, of you and uh, Joseph Newgarden together, 5% off. Uh, 10. 10% off. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> coming out of Ewart's cut. It's yeah. coming right out yeah. of Ewart's money. I hope Aaron didn't hear that. <laughs> I hope he did. <laughs> D squared. You said you got a story to tell. Yeah, I have a little story to tell. So I listened to a uh, podcast. We were just talking about these. Uh, this guy was actually on Jocko's podcast. His name is uh, Andrew Huberman. Um, so I've been listening to Andrew Huberman's podcast for a long time. He is a neuroscient neuroscientist at Stanford University, a tenured professor there, Ooh. and. Um, it's a really good podcast. He covers all kinds of topics and he does really deep dives into things. Sometimes he'll have guest experts on. He did a really deep dive podcast into uh, uh, basically sleep. And uh, it, was a, it was a pretty good one. Um, and he outlined his sleep cocktail. So basically supplements to take and things to do before going to sleep. And they were kind of obvious things. One of them was like, um, obviously, you don't want to drink caffeine after 2 p.m. I was going to say, whatever. 2 p.m. Come yeah. On. Half pot of coffee, uh, a bowl of Cheerios, and then just hit the sack. And <laughs> so he, uh, one of his recommendations, charms, which I did last night, was I followed all of these. My goal was follow these recommendations and then also take the sleep supplements and see how it goes. Just see what happens. And... So, no caffeine. Usually around, uh, actually around two thirty to three, I will drink a small cup of coffee, like an actual eight ounce cup of coffee, and to power through the rest of the evening, I'd skipped that. Um, Audrey made like a, a sausage gnocchi thing, and one of his recommendations is eat your carb heavy meal in the evening for dinner. Because carbs help release serotonin, which also helps drive melatonin in the brain. And um, then also look at the sun before you head in in the evening. So if you want to look at the sun setting, that helps your brain. Mentally tell yourself it's time to be done. Mm -hmm. All right. So do you have a sleep score? Is that where this is going? uh, Yeah. (laughs) And I'm going to get to that. And then these are the supplements, which is magnesium, theanine, apigenin, glycine, GABA. Did you forget the snake oil? You're supposed and to take some snake oil too. These are all just those supplements. And then um, I also took a, like a half of a gram of melatonin, which is, I found I found a supplement that has all these things in it. And okay. it also includes the melatonin. So I took that and did all the recommendations. Within 15 minutes of Audrey and I laying down to just watch a TV show, within 15 minutes, I could not physically hold my eyes open. 
like it was that intense. She's like, do you want to change it? And I'm like trying to force my eyes open. <laughs> so do you have a sleep score? Do you have a Fitbit sleep score? Do you have it? Did, did no, no, no. I didn't track it or nothing. I don't wear a fitness tracker anymore. Because I just lived life and I, I had an 83 the night before. And then last night I had myself a, uh, this uh, an 87. This would have been a 108. It was insane. <laughs> so then my alarm goes off. My first alarm goes off at 417 and I don't hear it at all. I don't hear any of my alarms. Until Audrey like shakes me awake, and she does that and tells me your alarm's going off, and I can't really wake up. Like it was the same feeling where I'm trying to open my eyes, but my eyes won't open. Like I'm my I'm lifting my eyebrows, but I'm so tired still. So I shut my alarm off and just went back to sleep because I'm so sleepy. And mind you, so are you I saying was, you skipped the gym today? Yeah, I did. Mind you, I was asleep by before nine p.m. last night. Like, so you had a good solid seven hours. Yeah, which is my usual seven hours is my usual, and <laughs> so I couldn't do it. I couldn't wake up, and then I I actually got called out for work at like ten till six. That one actually, I like uh, that was enough. Yeah, and but the thing is. The rest of the day, you need to put the sleep tracker on so you I can have so you can measure this. Good. I'm not. I'm not going to be able to do this again though, because I I can't miss the gym like that. I guess I could. I could fall asleep at like eight. You can figure it out. But you can you can still track how well you slept. You need data. You need data to support this. You have right now. You have uh, superficial evidence, but you need tangible evidence. So you need, you need to put sleep tracker back on and know. Here's the. Uh, I just go to bed and wake up. <laughs> Impossible.co. Dakota's is, always working on himself. <laughs> He's bulked about about forty pounds in the last two years because he, he he this is this this is his thing. Fitness, s- salsa making salsa, yeah, growing chickens. Impossible.co sells the uh, the supplement I took. It's not an Andrew Huberman supplement, but they do advertise it as everything that Andrew Huberman talked about. It's on their website. All right. Uh, final thoughts for me very briefly here. Uh, we may be Tuesday. We may be Thursday next week. We'll, we'll let you all know as soon as we do. Uh, patrons will know that first. Uh, our guy Kyle Robbins is racing tonight up at Winchester in the uh, USAC uh, Silver Crown Series. USAC Silver Crown Series. Dakota gave me no reaction at all. Um, uh, Kyle had a really good. I'm not going to react to you making fun of me. That's the, that's the premise of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Fresh engine in the uh, in his beast, uh, and uh, hoping for big things. So uh, on the pavement, the high banks over in Winchester, uh, we always we always like support Kyle. So uh, good luck tonight. If uh, if we didn't have a show tonight, I'd be in the grandstands in Winchester. With that, we will see you all next week. <laughs>